Our song of of response will be after the sermon hymn 40, the fourth and fifth stanzas. Our text this afternoon is found with our reading, 2 Timothy chapter 2, the verses 3 through 5. Let us read them again. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, we've just read Paul's second letter to Timothy, second chapter, to look at instruction for preparing Timothy, youthful Timothy, for the work of ministry. And if we look into this chapter, we see that Timothy is is often spoken of as as young. And there's also that hint that what is said to Timothy, as much as it is in a special way, there's also instruction here for each and every one of us. And I'm thinking in particular of, of the youth of this church. We'll keep in mind then that Paul is addressing Timothy here first of all. Nevertheless, we'll also see that this training of which Paul speaks is good for us to hear as young people. We live in a day and age where much of the training of our youth is left to society rather than to the family. And we should know that society as a whole is not directed by the word of God is directed with an eye of seeing man in the center. And for us as Christians, that can never be acceptable. Because for us, Christ is central. Knowing that and living for him, we will undoubtedly meet resistance from the world. Indeed, in many cases, we will not be popular And that's perhaps to be said, especially for the youth. Follow Christ, you will not be popular. But as always, the question of scripture, as much as it's directed to us as as God's children, is are you willing to make a difference? Many will try to place a guilt trip on how we live our lives, how we teach our children, Parents, we must be encouraged to withstand the taunts, whether outright or subtle. 
of those who think they can live their lives apart from God, who suggest that you should do the same. We're not just talking about our our heathen neighbor here when we say that. We're We're also talking about our less than fully engaged Christian brother and sister. So let us listen to Paul this afternoon. Brothers and sisters, parents also, boys and girls. Let us listen to him speak to Timothy so as to apply his well-chosen words to our lives as, as youth and to consider it as well as parents in the training of their youth, of the youth. I proclaim then to you the word of our God as we find that with our text under the following theme and heads on being good soldiers of Christ Jesus, a message addressing our youth. See in the first place, The call for enduring hardship for something bigger than ourselves. And secondly, staying within the boundaries of serving. First of all, then, enduring hardship for something bigger than ourselves. Indeed, then, we may make the the argument as, as much as there is the call to apply scripture to every situation. We're not to lose the context, needless to say, but even in context, there are so many things that derive from what is being said. And so we may say our message this afternoon is for our youth. But in order for them to understand, they need to have been equipped. And that means parents were called, are called to listen to our text as well. It is estimated that a teenager must learn at least a thousand different skills if he or she is going to be ready for adult life. Dozens of skills are needed just to maintain good health and and hygiene. Managing money. It's been estimated it takes over 50 skills. Driving a car, 70, and so forth. And the question is always how much has already been mastered with the child that's being raised? Sometimes we assume they know a lot. We think that we've done quite well in training our youth. We pride ourselves in bringing our children to church, Christian school, teaching them to pray and study the Bible, to memorize psalms or verses, sending them to catechism to memorize questions and answers, and yes, yes, teaching them to give to the different church collections. And we often hope that the mechanics of guiding them in these things has been enough. We imagine that we've done well, we're not perfect, but we've done well. 
But there's always that, that nagging question that, that seems to, to come up after we've said these things or thought these things, after we thought we, we did well. Have we done enough in taking the time to explain what the very basis for teaching them the things we have taught them, what that is? Because we're not with the world in the direction they're going. We have something special. And that uh, speciality is that we belong to, to God. We're children of his. We're those who are on the path of doing what he wants us to do. What he always wanted us to do. And we have Jesus Christ as our champion. As our savior. And it's with him in mind, the fact that he has come to make that, that difference, that antithesis over against what the world propose, uh, poses as a thesis. He is the great antithesis which, which breaks down every human element of, of, of wanting to do in life. Because that it's all tainted by sin when people do things. He has come to make that difference. And that difference is, is life-altering. It takes us away from the world. It, it changes. It changes what we do and who we are. Quite often, we are involved and diligent in teaching our children about the material things in life. And we say, yes, also the spiritual. That's why we have this school building why we have catechism and so forth, why we read the Bible at home. But do we not at times fall short of the mark of, of doing that? In that we're comfortable that they are in a Christian school and we relax at home? Or that they're being taught catechism and, and we neglect our own duties, spiritual duties, over against them, and so forth. Then we may be busy with the material things, but what about the spiritual? I imagine that many of us, as parents, have said, don't you realize that if you fail to make a good mark in high school, you'll never be able to go further, whether to college or to trade school. And if you don't get that, you'll never be able to get a decent job. And if you don't get a decent job, well, you won't amount to much. It's important that we train them to function well in life. We've been given to live in this world, after all. No one wants a child to grow up and saunter around from one job to another. And isn't that what happens if the skill level is not sufficient? for going forward into more meaningful tasks in life. Nevertheless, the question needs to be asked if we have always done enough in giving them a good and solid upbringing as deals with all the aspects of life that need dealing with. Are we in fact placing a solid enough foundation under them as enables them to love others and to serve Christ? So often we think we do well when we direct them to the tools that bring personal happiness. 
We said earlier that the world is busy teaching us to love ourselves. And we live in a what's-in-it-for-me society. And that can mean training our children to look out for their own well-being, or it can go so far as to direct them into their selfishness that they do such things as abort babies. Because mother needs to earn a good living and sustain herself. But these are the things that they're really being taught to do. Because the world has that, that pressure on them. Not that I'm afraid of them aborting babies as yet. But it has happened. has happened. We're in a world where people think if we have to walk over someone else's life to get what we want, then we're encouraged to do so. You have to look out for number one, me, myself, and I. And so again, the question, what are we doing, parents? Are you teaching your children well? Are you heading them in the right direction? We as Christians can easily get caught up in this quest to make our lives and the lives of our children secure through material goods. Let's be honest. We have the big boat, the motor home, the beautiful home. Everything the world has, we have too. And on the other hand, often the, the things of church and school are, are neglected. And Paul is seen here teaching Timothy to be strong in the Lord. And what does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean for you as parents? What should you be saying to your children and, and you, young people? What should you be listening to? It's important, brothers and sisters, to sit down with our children and clearly explain why you are teaching them the things you do, as you do. Why they're coming to, you, to church with you every Sunday, starting young. And it's not so hard for the young ones, they don't mind going. But what about when they're teenagers? Well, if you haven't done in your, for them in your youth, then there's a good chance that they don't take it serious when they're teenagers. And so there's always that, that reality that there's that pressure, that pressure to conform to the world. That's there. That's, that's not going to go away. That's just to live here, to live with your neighbor, to see what he's doing. As he's there to hoard his wealth, as he's there to, to do for himself, and I know that not all of it is that, but for a large part it is, if that's what they're doing, it is so easy to follow and do the same ourselves. You need to know what is right and what is wrong, first of all. We may say, God has given you, my child, some wonderful gifts, fantastic mind, many other abilities. But have you taught them why God gave these gifts? We must be ready 
to give the full answer and not just a here and now answer. You have to say, God gave you these gifts so that when you grow up, you may use them to serve Him and through Him, your neighbor. That's what we're in life for, congregation. And parents, you should realize, therefore, that it's not enough to say something once and to think that it's all going to be taken up, taken to heart, and everything is going to be hunky-dory from then on. No, you, it's a lifetime commitment. It's something that you will have to reinforce time and time again. You have to realize that except you show them the way to the Lord, they will take the road to the devil. The old nature easily takes us in the wrong direction. And we need to counter that. Lord's Day 33. We have to kill off the old nature, the old man, and put on the new. It's a process. Process of doing. Daily to put aside the old. Daily to put on the new. We need to counter the old nature. You must win. Parents, you must win their confidence. To look in another direction. Than the one they are naturally inclined to look in. Be ready to say, parents, Johnny, Susie. I know that right now it may not interest you at all to hear me say you are to use your talents for God and your neighbor. But my task as your parent or parents is to help you develop the abilities and skills God has given you so that you will be ready when you grow older. That's why I require you to do well in your responsibilities at school, in catechism, and at home. You are to develop all your skills and abilities, not to make you or us as parents look good, but so you may know what it is to love God and others in service to Christ. Our kingdom is not of this world, parents and young people. Our kingdom is of heaven. That means that the world may not be an end in itself for us. We may not do as the world does. We are being separated from it in service to God. Our focus is therefore to be completely different. In fact, that's what Paul is saying to Timothy. Indeed he is. When he calls him to to the maturity of faith. He calls him to be completely different. And we may latch on to that this afternoon. It's for doing God's service. And not for college, career, or marriage. That you as Christian parents prepare your children. You must help your children develop their skills and gifts. So that they're ready and equipped in the service of Christ. As doctor, lawyer, teacher, farmer, whatever. There's not a job in this life that we may say is not related to serving Christ and the neighbor in Christ. Unless, of course, it's a task that only Satan delights in seeing you do. Gambling, drinking, fornication, and the like. But any good trade, any good work, 
anything that is helpful for, for neighbor and, and for kingdom of God, those things you, you must be ready to take on. You're serving Christ. God gives his gifts to our children for the purpose of ministry, not for the purpose of self-fulfillment. We need to be reminded of that congregation. All too often our children do not answer God's call for service simply because they haven't been given the basic skills needed to live a life out of faith. Our children will not enjoy serving God if they are not very good at it. And why might they not be good at it? Well, perhaps because they have not been trained for it. Now, I do not suggest, and I want to underline that, that Paul's instruction to Timothy is exactly the same as as if he said it to anyone of us. Or that we take what Paul says and say it to our children. There's obviously a special calling here for Timothy to teach others. Paul says, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. So it's obvious that, obvious that Timothy is here called upon to train men for the ministry. And he has that authority. He's there to bring up leaders. Leaders as opposed to the flock. But there is a process here. As you may hear. Train others so that they may go on to train yet others. Train leaders yet, yes, But what is this training all about if not in the end we hear Paul say in Ephesians chapter 4 as it pertains to all of us. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. There you have it. You're to serve that cause, parents. You're to give your children what they need for the full service of Christ. Paul urges Timothy, and so we must urge our children to be good soldier models to Christ Jesus. Just as Timothy was called to do that, our children are called to do that as well. And therefore, parents be set to do some extra work. Children, be ready to hear your parents say things more than once. It's about soldiering. That Paul speaks. If you want to put, a, put a, some kind of a coat on what is being said here, then put on a soldier's coat. You want to know how to train your, your children, and I'm not saying as regimented as, as in the army, and yet, 
And yet that's somehow what it must be like. Soldiering requires training. Take it to heart, parents. Your children must be trained. In this we are called as parents to observe that and after that to teach our children that there is no easy road to serving Christ. Young people, sometimes we say we are are Christians, but we don't always want to pay the price of being such. I remember remember that it gnawed at me a bit when I was a young teenager, when my Pentecostal friend asked me if I was born again. It bugged me a bit because I knew that what he was asking me was if I had completely committed my life to Christ. And there were those gnawing thoughts of some of the things that were not yet removed from my life that needed to be, and I knew that. And so I was very hesitant to to say I was born again. It's not that I completely agreed with him either on the matter of being born again. I knew that sin still plays on our lives, and he seemed to be suggesting that was no longer there. He later left the Pentecostal church and went into the world. But nevertheless, it pricked my conscience when he asked the question, are our consciences being pricked? Because of the things you do that may be wrong. Sometimes as reformed youth, we find it all too easy to say we belong to Jesus It's all been done, true church and all this, covenant. We have it, they don't, we're right, they're wrong. But then our works show that we're quite busy with the things of this world. Parents, are you preparing them to be soldiers of Christ Jesus? Young people, do you understand what it means to be such? Soldiers do not just arrive trained. They come to be trained. So we shouldn't think we're ready if in fact we're not. Soldiers learn from the very first day of their basic training to endure hardship in in a way they've never felt it before. They are taught, first of all, that they are nothing. They are reduced to feeling totally abandoned. Many want to leave their training after the first day. But if they endure hardship, then they begin to understand. They begin to understand that the name of the game is doing what the commander says. Children, young people. People doing what mother and father say. And after that it's about doing for your fellow soldiers and your country. That is the all important thing. A soldier must be so trained that he is ready at the command to go over the top, as they say, and into the line of fire. For that... He needs to learn to no longer think think about himself. 
but to think of the purpose for which he was called to be a soldier, namely to be ready to lay down his life for his buddy and for his commander, yes, for the sake of the country. If a soldier is not willing to go to that extent, he becomes a danger to the troop when facing the enemy. As teens, we may learn to do a little suffering of hardship for our own sake in order to get what we want. But that's not what soldiering in the army of, of the Lord is about. Soldiers learn to suffer for something or someone larger than themselves. You see, that's why we're bringing children into the world. We're bringing them in, parents, just for that. To learn to suffer for something or someone larger than themselves. That's what it's to be a Christian. We must learn to sacrifice oneself for the well-being of another. Our brother and sister, even our neighbor, above all for, for Jesus Christ. That's the lesson Paul teaches us this afternoon. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. We're no longer civilian. We're no longer of this world. We belong to Christ. And therefore we no longer are involved in worldly pleasures, worldly goals. We're for doing what is good for the building up of the body of Christ and of the kingdom of God. Unless you teach your children to this extent, parents, they won't have the fundamental skill necessary to living Christian lives of loving others as they have the example in Christ. How can they begin to love someone if they're not capable, let alone willing, of rendering service to Christ and enduring hardship or inconvenience for the sake of the neighbor. We come to the second point. Staying within the boundaries of serving. Paul taught Timothy to stay within the boundaries just as a competitive athlete or a soldier does, congregation. Paul says in our text in verse 5, similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. Yes, the athlete. Paul also uses that symbol elsewhere when he speaks of pummeling his body and making it conform to where he wants it to go spiritually. We can relate to that if we've been in athletics when young. You're going to practice over and over again to shoot that ball at the hoop at the back there. Or to spike that, that volleyball. You know that takes training. It doesn't happen except for maybe a few exceptions. It doesn't happen. Unless you train. You have to produce endurance for your body, for your lungs. 
You're motivated to do this because you want to make the team. You want to win the prize. But now what about for Christ? Are you willing to train your bodies and your minds and your spirits for him in the same way? Reckon with it, parents. Take stock of what Paul says here that is needed for doing. Set the boundaries that are called for. Our teens may argue, pout, and make everyone in the house miserable. And they often do what they can to try and break down authority. If we allow, allow our teens to convince us not to use our authority, to set boundaries for their lives, they'll never learn to put another person's well-being before their own. They'll never develop the ability to suffer for someone or something larger than themselves. And so there's a purpose to all of that, young people. You may not, you may not think so because, well, mom doesn't want, or dad doesn't want me to, to go out. Now, how could they be so mean? We have to understand that the parents are called here to set boundaries for your lives. You have to put it within the parameters of, of what is of service to God and to Christ. Without authority, a teen will assume he's the biggest thing in the world and everything else should revolve around him. There's enough of that to be seen already. Today in many Christian families, let alone worldly families, children are seldom required to care for anybody but themselves. Many homes have become child-centered. Moms and dads constantly subordinate their interests to their children's interests. Schedules revolve around the children's soccer practice, skating practice, and other social activities. But they couldn't make it to catechism this week. Little is taught about sacrificing for the sake of others. They're therefore not being trained properly as young Christians. And they don't get into, the, into the, that Christian workforce of serving Christ as they ought to. Does, and, and parents, does it really show love for your children if you let them do all these things? And you think, well, ain't I good? If we center our, our existence around our children to show how special they are, what is the child really learning? Is it not because I am special I really should be served by my family and, and my world? And what does that do? Oh, they may go on to huge careers. But what about in the service of Christ? It cripples them. It cripples them. We must develop homes that attack self-centeredness. Parents, you have work to do. Require of your children to make sacrifices for family. And by projection, for your church and for your neighbor, the model is a simple one. Teach them to be like Christ, 
who did not make the fact that he was the very son of God a reason to leave us who were ungrateful, who were yet enemies in sin. But he died for us. He gave his life. Teach them to serve by being the lesser. And they will also find reason to listen more carefully to the word of God for building them up and making them more. Leave them to their own and their selfishness will manifest itself in all sorts of drifting off, whether to daydream or sleep in church or text message with their cell phones in the back of the church or walk about aimlessly in life. You see, it's the lack of training that, that produces that. And we can all have shortcomings. Don't misunderstand, brothers and sisters, when these things are being said as if some of us have it and some of us don't. That's not the point. The point is, what are we doing? Are we training them as we ought to? Really ask yourself in light of what God says, not what the minister says from the pulpit necessarily, or your elder deacon, first of all. But what does the word of God say? Why are, they, why are the parents confronting the children? Why are they saying, to, you're in by, by midnight? Why does the, the elder come and say, brother, you're not paying for church. Is it to make your life miserable? No, but it's to direct it. It's to guide it and to, to get it focused on what really needs to be focused on. There's responsibility here then too, boys and girls. Apostle Paul is speaking to you this afternoon as much as he once spoke to the young man Timothy. You have to endure hardship. It's not always going to be the way you want it. You have to train yourself to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. To fight for a common good. That's what Jesus did. That's what you must do as well. You belong to him. Show everyone with the pride and dedication as a well-trained soldier that you do belong to him. Don't be afraid what the world may say. Go ahead and do it for the one you love who loved you first. And gave his life for him. Shall you not do that? Why are we meddling in the things of the world? Why are we finding our delight in those things. That ultimately speaking. Would separate us from this love of Christ. Why are we so often busy with these things? You must all control the impulse to go outside of God's moral boundaries. Your parents are there to help. Your being here this afternoon is meant to provide help. For we're all in it together. To help each other. To run the race together. And to win the crown. In this, we need to realize that every good athlete has to have a trainer. And that's you, parents. It's your task to make sure 
that your children are being well-trained for the task that lies ahead. And you children, you make sure that you compete. Do the work. Do it out of love and out of respect. Do it for the sake of Christ. Within those clear borders which Jesus Christ himself has set, Help each other. Help yourself. Reach out for the prize. Amen.